Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the In and After Show. It's me, Lindsay Loveridge, and James Beckett. Yo. You may have seen, we have new graphics. Yeah. We've got a new banner up here and and down there and new little animation and and stuff going on we've got a new ending one we'll get to show you but hey thanks for joining us we are talking about two of the big finales for fall um namely chainsaw man of course mm-hmm. and then our dark horse occupant made war which has been perfect for the entire yeah. season like <laughs> yeah hey, if you weren't watching that you need to go over to high dive and watch it because I mean, I don't know who put their money down on it, but um, whoever did, they made they made it out. We need to get a promotion. <laughs> they need to be like pretty <laughs> yeah, in charge yeah, of programming stuff like, because we are pushing your show. Okay, yeah. I guess this is a plus, a you know, S tier, amazing stuff. Um, it's been so good that I I I started. Because I took a break from the Yakuza games just because I, I marathoned so many of them. Yeah. But um, after the last couple, I was like, screw it. I just need to go play Judgment. I need to play Yakuza like a dragon. Um, mm-hmm. I just need to live in that world and pretend that they're all maids um, <laughs> to make it better. I mean, I know that they're like, they get naked, but not really dress up as maids. Are there costume options? There's got to be some costume os- options. Yeah, Yakuza, it's, right? it's lame. And all of the game, well... In the in the newest one, there's a lot more costume options because whenever you change um, RPG classes, you get different costumes, and some of them are maids. So yeah, that's actually uh, oh, that's okay. in keeping. But um, with all the other ones, with all the action based ones, they don't let you change costumes until you beat the game, mm-hmm. which I feel is kind of kind of defeats the purpose. But whatever. Yeah, let me play dress um, up. I mean, unless yeah. you like just streamline like main quest only, and then save the costume stuff to do all the side quests. But. Yeah. But yeah. that I, I'm the kind of guy where I'm on like chapter three of Judgment and I've done like eighty percent of the side quests. So yeah, I'm yeah. The opposite of that. Yeah, my uh, husband used to call that Donkey Konging, and and we still use that phrase in this house, and it just means getting distracted to go do a side quest, courtesy of him trying to play Donkey Kong sixty four with me, um, in college, and <laughs> I couldn't stay on one path because I kept getting sidetracked by stuff. So you gotta get all the bananas. You gotta get all the bananas. There's so many bonus, like bonus gold bananas, crystal coconuts. I actually don't know if that's a real term or if that's another thing he and I made up because we started just referring to quarters as crystal. We're dorks, okay? Like, <laughs> uh, yeah. But so this week we saw the conclusion for the first, presumably only first season of Chainsaw Man. I'm pretty sure Ma- Mappa is going to come back to this, although we don't have any official announcement on, on season two yet. Um, we're going to both go over that. And also, um, if you've been over on Anime News Network, there's a, an article up about a little petition because uh, some folks are not pleased with the direction of Chainsaw Man. So I think after going over the finale, it's a good opportunity to sort of talk about those points and agree to disagree or see if they have any validity from our perspective. Um, Before we get to that, just want to remind everyone to subscribe to this channel. We're on YouTube and we're on Facebook and we're on Twitter spaces. And then the audio comes, comes out tomorrow and that's on Spotify and Stitcher and Apple music. And you can pretty much find us everywhere. And we'll also be back tomorrow. Yeah. 
Yeah, and then a the couple train- days, a couple days after that as well. And, yes. Uh, <laughs> so we'll be back tomorrow, um, an hour earlier. It'll be five p.m. Pacific, eight p.m. Eastern, with uh, Jackie Jing and Jeff Thieu to go over um, all of the trailers for the winter 2023 anime season. That's our trailer watch party. It's always a lot of fun. Um, Someone in Japan must have caught wind of it and thought like 45 trailers. That's not enough trailers. We're watching 55 trailers. I feel like I keep saying this. It's the most we've ever done. And then the next too many trailers. Too too many trailers. Why do we need 55 shows? I don't I don't know. but I've gotten to, you know, browse them a little bit. We've got some exciting stuff in there. Some stuff that I think could be the next Dark Horse, next Akiba Made War, if it plays its cards right. And, you know, a lot of isekai. A lot of isekai. I'm gonna, lot of isekai. I, I've already de- decided I'm going to try to bring, like, a, a, as big of a container of, like, coconut water as I can. Because I'm going to mm. stay hydrated if I'm going to survive this, this gauntlet. So, yes. Um, when you show up, make sure to bring... a refreshment snacks because there are so many trailers like i am totally open to maybe doing a short intermission if anyone needs like a bathroom break or to like restock yeah. on stuff we haven't had to do that before but i haven't had 55 trailers before so anything could happen so make sure you tune into that we'll be in the same exact place just an hour earlier tomorrow and then friday oh, man i can feel my soul leaving my body already <laughs> friday it'll be me and James and Caitlin Moore and Mr. AJ Cosplay from the Cartoon Cipher. And we're all going to, again, be here. But at six o'clock on Friday, I think it's six o'clock on Friday. That sounds right. Yeah, six o'clock on Friday. We're going to be talking about the best anime of 2022. This will coincide with the feature that will also probably be up um, the same day, at least have started. It's a it's a multi-day publishing process, but we will have the best of 2022 and worst, as well as a poll where you can pick your favorites and your least favorites um, up on Anime News Network. We do this at the end of every year. So um, along with everyone's top five, we also have like the best moments, um, the best songs, the best characters. Yeah. And uh, best video games. James... Best movies. Best movies. Best movies. So Best movies. it's a digest of all the good things that came out this year, what you may have missed that you should check out. Um, and pretty much all of the editorial team contributed yeah. to that in some way, shape, or form. So it's it's like a big kumbaya to 2022. So it's always exciting to see people's different picks. I yeah. think it's especially because I know I, inevitably when I'm putting this list together, there's like three or four shows where after the list has been published, I'm like, oh, wait, crap. I watched that and really liked it, but it was back in January. So yes. I forgot yeah. about it. Uh, yeah. But then someone usually will, will pick up the slack and remember for me. So. And then you're like, oh, thank goodness someone highlighted yeah. it. So it didn't get completely left out. Um, if you head over to Anime News Network right now, we have the best for just this season, fall, and um, worst of fall. And there are some spicy picks on there, depending on your... Uh, tastes i think and we also have our most anticipated winner went up today so um head on over there you can see what we're most excited about and what we enjoyed the most um if we have time maybe james and i will talk about our picks a little bit yeah maybe but we got a lot to talk about today so that said um i hope everyone's ready to cry because chainsaw man was effing sad yeah, and funny was. but yeah. also sad 
namely because this is sort of the emotional conclusion to Himeno's arc, even though she died several episodes ago. Um, she has been hanging around like a ghost. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the hearts and minds of a lot of the characters, especially Aki. So when we last left off um, in the previous episode, Aki was getting choked the F out by the ghost devil, which was under the control of Sawatari because her snake devil ate it. So Naturally, um, which stands to reason. That's how it works. Yeah. If so if your devil eats my devil, then my devil becomes your devil. That sounds like the rules kids make up when they're playing a made-up game on the playground. Like, I mean, it no, fits no, no, no. My devil great... ate your devil, so no, I yeah. have your devil's powers. Well, that fits because there's that great moment later on when Denji's like, "Oh, can, can we just ban that move, man?" And I was like, "That is the most like playground shit that I've ever heard." Where he's like, "No, yeah. no, no more slicey move, dude. That's not yeah. even fair." Yeah, no more of this uh, samurai moving faster than the speed, you know to the point you can't see him and then we pause and wait to see who survived chopped off yeah yeah not fair you're going too fast please like take it down a couple notches come on um james i'm gonna let you sum up uh this episode and you know i'll interject the points and whatnot as as we go but um i think it's interesting you leaded with this because this isn't actually at the beginning of the episode Although I saw on your Twitter that you said that this is, quote, the sexiest thing anyone has, a character has ever said, end quote. No, I mean, not definitively ever, but I mean, it has to be in the pantheon. Like, I, I, yeah. for one thing, we do get confirmation that uh, Himeno has some, you know, moral uh, rectitude. <laughs> the okay. minute she learns that Aki's not um, of age, she actually takes the cigarette back. So she yeah. didn't force an underage kid to start smoking that one time. She stopped yeah. herself as she tends to do when it comes yeah. to c- committing crimes. Um, <laughs> but there, I mean, come on, like this moment here, like this, that line where she says, you know, once you grow up and you're ready to develop an addiction, I'll give it back. Like, I'm, yeah, I see you, Tatsuki Fujimoto, and I, I get you. Um, I, I get now, you. I don't, this is funny. This might have less to do with Himeno and more to do to uh, Makima. But before we move on, because I don't think we've ever brought it up, uh, Fujimoto said in an interview that he uh, is attracted to or likes uh, like kind of bullish, pushy women who are un- unreasonable. And he gave an example <laughs> that when he was in college, he was bullied by this girl. Um, and one time she uh, like knocked over his bicycle that I think he took to and, and like uh, put the lock on upside down, you know, just something, something that like didn't damage it, but was annoying and frustrating. And then when he came and found his bike that way, she was there and said, you know, admitted that she did it and laughed at him. And he was immediately attracted to that. <laughs> I and... mean, it's, how long have people <laughs> been joking about, you know, wanting to get stepped on? Right. I think that's a honest, I feel like that's, um, uh, a not uncommon reaction. Now it sounds like she was legitimately being a jerk, which yeah, you, you generally want to have maybe a bit more of like a playful, like rapport you know, with someone. Yeah, don't. Yeah, I'm bullying you, but you're into it. Like Takagi-san, yeah. one of the best romantic yeah. comedies ever made. Where yeah, she's bullying Nishikata, but they're both mutually in love with each other, and it, it's, it's a whole thing. Um, yeah, and I think there was, here, a, there was a guy in my AP English class who. Uh, he played for the baseball team, um, and I did have a crush on him, but I wasn't sure if he, we had a, he had a mutual crush back. And then he stole my car keys because it was high school and I could drive. And he 
he sat next to me in, in AP English and I had to track him down in gym like several periods later when I realized <laughs> I no longer had my car keys and I missed my entire class period because I had to figure out what class he was in and then go get my car keys. Anyway, we never went on a date, but uh, yeah. yeah. What could have been, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> the, the dude that stole your keys that one time. That's Yeah. Like, it's just... That's, it, the bicycle thing reminds me a little bit of like I totally. stole your car keys out of your purse and now you don't know how you're going to get home. So, so, sometimes yeah. people are just assholes. That That yeah. is also something to keep in mind that, yeah. you know, and maybe Tatsuki Fujimoto is fine with that. Like maybe, you know, maybe even if it's an unrequited um, uh, masochism, <laughs> it's still, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think, but you're right that like, you know, this is, she's kind of, pushing her attitude and, and her own baggage onto Aki but it's in mm. a way that I'm not going to call it healthy but I think it's a lot more um like it's like you're saying at the top of the episode you get it right like you feel for this this woman like you can tell that she yeah. really does not want Aki to die she wants to have a partner that doesn't die horribly in front of her yeah. and um this is kind of the start of their you know their their bonding and it's yeah it's so sad Especially because she has all this interior life that he never finds out about until after he gets to read those letters when she dies. And that's, mm -hmm. you know, you know, she's got anxieties about her dad and whether he's taking his medicine and, you know, if she's able to send them money and all that kind of stuff. Like she's got a whole a whole family and everything that we barely even get to know. And it kind of but if that always felt really real to me because i feel yeah. like there's a lot of people you encounter in like one aspect of your life that you never see the other the other parts of them like i talk about it on here but most of the people i work with don't ever see me like being a mom to my kids directly like that's right. a whole yeah. other aspect of who i am that's just uh that only some people see. And then those people may never see me in a work environment. They've never seen mm -hmm. me perform an interview or anything. So it's just, yeah. 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 I think, I think Chainsaw Man really, I think maybe an underrated aspect of what makes it so effective is that it's, it's not unlike most Shonen jump properties. It's not like a high school uh, right. setting. It's a workplace setting. It's a yeah. workplace comedy action horror thing. And that, like you said, that's such a different dynamic. And I think one of the things that Tatsuki Fujimoto's kind of tapped into is like, it can be really hard to make friends when you're an adult because like a lot of times you are just coworkers. Mm -hmm. And when you do find that, like that person that you click with at your job, you know, even though you're only seeing that one side of them, that can be like a really interesting and, and special dynamic. Yeah. Um, uh, and granted, you know, Aki and, and Denji and then they have more of like a roommate's vibe because they live together. But I yeah. think, you know, one of the things that make Aki and Himeno's dynamic so good is that it's something that is very unique to like that early 20s kind of just getting started in the workplace experience. Like it's it's very kind of specific to that part of your life. Yeah. And OK, so at this point we're still at the beginning of the episode and Aki's realized that the ghost isn't going to kill him. Like mm -hmm. it's just decided not, how did you read this? Was, was this like a, um, an actual decision made by the ghost devil because it has still a lingering connection to Himeno? Or do you think Aki like conjured those memories and he quit being afraid to die? And then the ghost quit attacking him because he wasn't scared anymore because 
it elaborates that the ghost can't see. Um, it doesn't have eyes. You know, its eyes are stitched shut. Instead, it like all of its senses through fear. Yeah. So I was kind of wondering, like, what what led to the ghost, uh, the ghost devil, to quit killing Aki? Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting because it isn't spelled out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously, like the the cigarette thing isn't like a vision. Like it it literally has this cigarette from mm-hmm. from Himeno that it gives to Aki, and so right. you kind of I feel like that that's meant to sort of imply that there's some amount of Himeno that is, you know, in the same way that like before she died, she was able to get the ghost hand to bring Denji back to life with the chainsaw pull way back when. Um, I a part of me was wondering like, is this sort of a last vestige of the link that the ghost devil and Himeno had were like, maybe Himeno said like, Hey, by the way, if anything ever happens to me, you know, give, give this us. to Aki, you yeah. know, when he's ready. Right. Like when he, when he shows that he's no longer like, you know, afraid of dying or whatever. I don't know. Um, I do think that it was directly tied into that, that sort of turning point for Aki where mm-hmm. he, he just fully embraced like his, and it's not necessarily a good thing, but he's totally, 100 percent uh discarded his fear of dying like he's, he's yeah. no longer afraid uh, he i mean he knows he's gonna die really soon uh the future mm-hmm. devil has told him that it's gonna be really cool which is not a good thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, yeah um, and i think all of that combined just with whatever feelings he has for himeno that are driving him kind of caused this moment and this this message right mm-hmm. from uh um from himeno to you know, to basically, you know, move forward, get your revenge, right? Like, you know, take yeah. control of your life. And um, so that leads me to my steps. next, my next question, which is that if the ghost devil spared him through some kind of, you know, like choice, because we have seen that the devils do have uh, some sentience, uh, yeah. for instance, like the ghost devil initially until Himeno upped her, her deal with it wasn't going to attack Sawatari a couple episodes ago because she was scary. And so like we've, and we've, or that the Fox devil, you know, is really accommodating to humans and likes to make deals with uh, cute guys, that kind of stuff. So if, if it was the ghost devil's choice to stop choking him and give him the cigarette, then I'm mad that he killed it and I didn't want him to do it. Like I felt bad that Aki um, decapitated the ghost devil. I couldn't, but if it was more of, well, the ghost devil just lost sight of him because he blacked out and then she couldn't sense him anymore. And then he was unafraid when he came to, and then he just killed her. You know, maybe that was like, he felt like he was putting part of a Himeno to rest as well by, by severing this kind of, this relationship the devil has made with Sawatari, which wasn't really made under the usual contractual circumstances. It's kind of like she co-opted Himeno's devil for herself by eating it instead of like actually bartering with the ghost devil at all. Like Sawatari didn't give up any of her body parts to control it that we saw. Yeah. Like Himeno has. So. Yeah. I mean, and it's kind of unclear at this point, like exactly how killing devils works versus just like, uh, like banishing them or, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And so, you know, it's, I, I guess if, w- without using any information that would maybe be gleaned from like what we've read in the future, it's sort right. of hard to say like, is 
is he like fully killing it? Is he setting it free from the the snake devil's control? Is mm-hmm. he, uh, you know, because these devils are like rooted in like concepts of like fear and stuff? Is it something right. that you know? Does it need to just like regenerate or like or what? You know, is there like a like a cocoon period? It's not entirely yeah, yeah. clear. Yeah. Um, but I I do think. I, I, I'm kind of leaning towards your interpretation of it being. Uh, I mean, he doesn't like devils, right? Right. But, you know, so like, I, I don't think he would have a problem killing the ghost devil either way. But I think there definitely is that emotional connection with Himeno that makes you think that it's, you know, kind of merciful or. In, yeah, in a little bit, way. right? Like, if, yeah. you know, the, the ghost devil has that creepy smile on its face. It doesn't feel like a very aggressive move. It feels more yeah. like. He's just taking control back of the situation. Yeah. And then Kobeni shows up. <laughs> Why is she so scary? Like, she's like the saddest, scariest slasher ever. I know. Like, And we still don't know, is this a part of, like, whatever mysterious contract that she's made? Or is she just naturally really good at sneaking up on people like Michael Myers? Is that just, like, <laughs> yeah, she's definitely she on Mike Myers vibes, right? And then... You know, when push comes to shove, like when she fought the the snake devil um, a couple episodes ago, like she can shows crazy feats of athleticism, which is again kind of like a Mike Myers thing, where like yeah. he sort of stalks around and then all of a sudden he can like Slop it dodge things, and, yeah, and like jump out of windows and all kinds of creepy, creepy stuff. And so this was an end of Slavatari schemes, anyway. Um, and yeah, this little tidbit where Aki asks Kobeni um, why she stayed with public safety was just like... Well, bonuses are coming up. So yeah, the, the money. It's the money. Which um, is, again, look, if you're, if you're in a, if you're in a nine to five that you hate, but you can hold out until bonuses are done, like that's... <laughs> yeah. You know, sometimes that's how you got to do it to keep up with the grind. <laughs> yeah. Most people yeah. aren't going to get eaten by... A hellish uh, monsters from another plane of existence but you know Kobeni I think it goes to show that for as much as she sucks at everything she tries to do other than I guess murdering people yeah um, she, she's, she's a natural a, at apparently it, it kind of makes that whole like breakdown from the the hotel arc funnier because yeah. you realize that like her instantly going into just stab them to death mode wasn't necessarily her like losing her shit. That's just how she solves problems. <laughs> She's just like, oh, you just stab it. That's how you solve problems. Is you, yeah. you murder it to death. It's like, oh, I feel like that's a that's a fair assumption. Um, what, what have you been through, Kobani? What's, what's what's your life been? Yeah, what what's going on in your house? Like, is everything okay? Um, so then we switch to to Denji and Power, and I liked this little moment while they're going up in the elevator, and Power just starts. Munching on a zombie arm. Lumping, munching on a zombie arm because she needs to maintain her blood strength. And if there's blood in it, you know, that works for her. Denji's last guy who should really be judgmental as the dude who just, you know, guzzled vomit. But, you know... Uh... At least it was vomit from a living person. That's true. You know, That's like, true. it wasn't putrid, rotting zombie flesh. That's true. That's true. This was another one where like their their relationship is really I really like their dynamic most mm-hmm. of the time. But one of the hardest things I, I have a time 
one of the things I have the hardest time with in Chainsaw Man is that even after all of this, like, it feels like the uh, ties of camaraderie are really weak between the characters compared to when you go to say like yeah. any other shonen jump style show where by now like the characters would all have each other's backs like they're gonna go down together and blaze a glory kind of thing and this like power's like yeah this is my big moment i'm gonna kill these guys denji you know you've got my back just watch me i'm gonna do something really cool and he's like yep i'm you know i'm just gonna i'm out <laughs> i'm out i'm just riding the elevator some more well- well, it's funny because hard it's, for me a little bit. Like it's funny in that, but it's also just like, dang, dude, these like. I don't well, know. it's interesting because it's almost like a sign of character growth too, because yeah. Denji's there. He's like, look, our job is to get sword, sword guy. Like, yeah, we got to get him. Like that's what we were told to do. That's mm-hmm. what we need to do. That's our job. Um, and of course, Power is the first one to be like, I'm just going to kill all these zombies. But then you also have that moment where she kind of mutters to herself, like, oh, I can beat these guys. Yeah. And I don't know how much of that is her like going like, look, I'll take these guys on. Denji, you go do your thing. Yeah. Um, but there's still like that, you know, that kind of like, sh- it, it reminds me of kids, you know, like yeah. when you're like, when you're the slightly older sibling who is still kind of a dumbass, but not quite as much of a dumbass as like your two years younger, like brother. And yeah. then they like go running off to do something stupid. And you're like, I'm, I'm telling mom, I'm just going to go home. <laughs> I'm gonna go get an adult. We obviously yeah. cannot handle this. Yeah, know what we're supposed to do. <laughs> um, but you're right. Like it's, I, I think, and I, I also wonder how much of it has to do with the fact that they are like borderline immortal. Yeah. So like, there is that, and we also know like Denji's pointed out before that he doesn't he doesn't have doesn't have a heart, quote unquote. Yeah. Like he doesn't. So you know he's not emotionally driven to protect his friends and comrades because mm-hmm. he has already admitted that he'd probably be okay if it, most of them died. Even Makima. <laughs> he's like, I'd be sad for like a few days, but you know, as long as I got my food and stuff. So yeah. he's, he's still working on those, f- forging those bonds. I think, you know, he's still yeah. in the early stages of that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm sorry. So just Denji standing like completely nonplussed in in the elevator as well. That was uh, one of those shots for um because uh Fujimoto's talked about how one of his bigger uh influences for not just power but just his creative process is South Park. Yeah, and that that face that Denji was making was 100 percent like a Stan face. Yeah, from from South Park, the kind of face that Stan would make once like Cartman starts doing something stupid. And yeah, like, oh my god, this is the most South Park moment like that this show has given us. <laughs> yeah, I like uh, I like this part of Power getting to show off here too, and I, I think some of this was also fueled by her recent training with uh, Kishibe, just like you know feeling like she's she's better at it. This is the first time we've seen her dual wield because she also makes two blood like daggers this time as opposed I to think like so. one. It's pretty sick. So Yeah. And Denji's just bored by the entire interaction. And this uh he goes up to the 13th floor. I meant to mention this last time um that this was funny to me and I think it also came up either in this arc or the Eternity Devil arc but they're on the 13th floor, which if you go to most like hotels in America, if they are, you know, if they have enough floors, they won't have a, and I put this like in loose quotes, they won't have a 13th floor. Like there'll be no 13th floor button. It'll just yeah. go 12 to 14, 14. Yeah. which 
is just this stupid superstition thing because just because you didn't label it as 13 does not mean the 14th floor isn't actually the 13th floor. That's not how numbers work. <laughs> you know, but maybe just... that's how like the weird cerebral psychic magic of the demons works. You know, <laughs> apparently, like, if, like, if we don't give it the fear of the number 13, then then we're safe. <laughs> but from what I've heard, like that's not the same in Asia. Instead, they just won't have like a fourth floor or maybe a um, uh, eighth floor for you know similar superstitious reasons. So if you ever, if there ever seems to be a kind of a focus on like floor number four or just the number four in anime or whatnot, that's um, them basically telling you this is the death place. Yeah, that's it's just a really obvious symbol. So anyway, yeah. Um, this was kind of interesting, though, with, with Denji and Samurai Sword because uh, Samurai Sword is actually really upset that about his grandpa. Like, yeah. I think he's genuinely, like, really upset. And actually, I kind of thought that was just sort of, like, this throwaway thing that he mentioned over Ramen where he was like, you killed my grandpa and I'm going to get revenge. It's like, come on, dude. Like, No, like, he's, like, super, like, that's He's his, mad you know, about it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is funny because as Denji points out, his grandfather was an idiot that turned himself into a zombie. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, I didn't even kill your grandfather. He killed himself with an idiot zombie magic. Like I yeah. just I finished the job. <laughs> he's like, I love that the shot is blurry because you can tell he like the, the Yakuza guy is just like right. He's like, Don't you fucking lie? Don't you talk shit about grandpa? It's just like the whole his whole You wouldn't do that, okay? He was smart. <laughs> what it is like he like idolized that dude um maybe this is also kind of a yakuza thing which maybe we should be more sympathetic towards after all the occupant made war but sorry hey, look, bro they, your grandpa wasn't have, that shit you know he was if just... they're not wearing cute aprons and little animal ear uh, headbands and i don't care no. <laughs> <laughs> i don't care <laughs> they don't have my sympathy but this dude has been hellbent on just straight up killing denji regardless of what the gun devil wants for a while now and Denji's just like no and I did not we saw him lose his hand in an earlier episode right yeah um Kobeni chopped it off right and I, I completely forgot so this was uh very surprising to me to see him pull off what looks like a prosthetic and just reveal a knife inside yeah, I don't think I don't... it's a prosthetic I think he just pulled off his hand because you can see it's that's got to be like like putrid, then, right? No, I I think that because I think his hand grew back. Oh, because, right, 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 right. He has like he's got the same stuff going on with his body that Denji does. Yeah, I think yeah. he just tore it off in the same way that like because he has to unsheath a sword, you know, and I, Denji can just like pop the chainsaws out. Right. I think yeah. He he can just like pull. I think his that hands was just him, like yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I love that Denji sticks his tongue out every time he pulls his 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 motor his motor. His voice string. actor has the best way of saying uh, "idiot." Um, yeah, just like especially in this fight, was just like "baka," just over and over. It's like, yeah, he's an idiot. He's a dumbass. You're right. <laughs> um, how did you feel about this fight, James, between Samurai Sword and Denji? Because I actually thought it was a little bit on the short side. I liked that it was short, to be honest. Oh, oh yeah, um, yeah. I think. Um, again, I, I think one of the things, and I, I think this is maybe leading into the, um, that, that petition that people okay, signed for, yeah, for reasons, yeah, but yeah. I think 
a lot of the ways that Chainsaw Man uh, subverts, I guess, a lot of the tropes or the more typical um, uh, presentation uh, tricks of Shonen um, is in the writing, but a lot of it's in the execution too. And I think this is one of those things where I, I get really tired of fights that last for like multiple episodes um, mm. and like involve a lot of like in, internal monologuing and, you know, uh, kind of back and forth. Um, that can be fun sometimes, but oh no, I, like I totally know what you mean. Like that's yeah. actually an ongoing issue I have with JoJo's a lot of the time. Yeah, well, that's why I had to drop it because I was like, oh my up. god, I just don't care. Like most shut of the fight up. was just them explaining what they were about to or had yep. just done, and yep. it it was really hard for me to get into the actual dynamic of the fight. And something yeah. I really liked about this was that yeah, it was short, but it was punchy. Like yeah. it had really clear stages. Uh, you know, a transition from like rooftop to office building to train. Um, mm -hmm. I think there were to inside of train. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I really liked it. I thought it was really well done, um, especially because it basically the entire production, as far as I could tell, became completely CG. And I think the tr the transition was really, really good. Yeah. Like, yeah, but you could I've, tell it was CG, but it wasn't distracting at all. Like it no, felt. I've always thought that the throughout, they've done a really good job with that. I mean, I like Dora Hidoro. I know Jamie's or Jamie, uh, Jackie's brought that up a few times, um, but that was Mappa's pretty much fully CG work. Like a lot of it was CG or cell shaded, or there was some, you know, a couple of uh, 2D interspersed in between. And I didn't have any complaints about how that looked. And yeah. so they've utilized some of that, some of those techniques here. And um, I think they've done a stellar job. I haven't had any issues finding like the CG distracting. To me, it's more noticeable in these screenshots than it ever is in motion. Yes. Well, and that's honestly why I didn't get a whole bunch of screenshots from the fight because so much of it is in motion that mm -hmm. it would have like it would have just kind of looked like trash. But in motion, yeah. it looks really good. It reminds me of um, a Studio Orange, where something yeah. that they've really mastered is. Um, there were like there were times where I didn't realize that they were including any 2D elements in B stars uh -huh. until I went back to take screenshots and I saw a lot of the like the two the 2D um, cuts and the 2D um, transitions. Mm -hmm. And I think that Mappa is learning uh, a lot of studios honestly are learning that lesson where if you're going to use CG extensively in like an action based show, the the key is not to make the CG look perfect, um, but it's it's to make it so that your viewers don't notice the change mm -hmm. until you know until everything until everything's all said and done and i think that's what this fight did really well where like yeah, yeah. obviously that's a cg rig you know there's no way that they're animating all that by hand yeah. um but the coloring the blending um, it all looks great yeah like the compositing is really good like denji doesn't look like a 3d rig slapped on a 2d background um, everything blends together really well. The lighting is consistent across the entire frame so that it all looks cohesive. Um, I didn't even mind. I usually really don't like um, when the CG animation artificially cuts the frame rate down mm. to, to mimic the more limited frame rate of um, 2D animation. Yeah. Uh, but even here, I think they did it they, it was just enough to where you could tell that they were cutting the frame rate kind of like in um like in Spider-Verse or um, yeah. or even um Studio Orange Productions where like they they don't want it to look too fluid because then it really would look out of place with any of the 
the 2D elements, but mm-hmm. it's not so choppy that it just makes you nauseous. Like yeah, uh, in some of the ones that we've seen. Yeah. So yeah, most of this fight, I mean, I really liked before they get in onto and into the train, like there's some high flying, like hitting and stuff where they like smash into a building that looks really good. And um... <laughs> I like the way they do the blades. Yeah. <laughs> the, the moving blades. Yeah. I like the way they do the moving blades here. This is after, you know, this is when uh, Samurai Sword is gearing up to do his blink of the blink of an eye slasher move. And Denji just says, look, can we ban that move? Like seriously. <laughs> and it's really good. He loses both arms, which is gross and gnarly. Um, and still going on about granddad. Still going on about his granddad. And I forgot. I forgot like some how some of this plays out in the manga, but um, I thought it was I didn't remember that he could substitute other limbs for his chainsaws. So instead of being once his arms are gone, he just manifests one through his foot. Looks very and, uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's the end of it for Katana Man. Um, except, <laughs> except, you know what? Let's, let's let's this is how themes work guys when you know first you introduce a theme early in an anime and then you do a callback much later to kind of show how the theme has been consistent or to show character growth um, in this case set up and payoff exactly so early in the show uh we saw aki and denji fight in an alley and there was you know there was some some nut knocking around nut Knocking around, no one says that. Some some sack taps, some sack taps, some you know, some kicking in the nads, yeah, whatever. And now you know we've got samurai sword. He's got a chainsaw link. I don't know what you would call that. Chain, chain, chainsaw chain. That sounds weird. Uh, to tie to tie him in his underpants. Uh, to the tracks of the train. And now it's time for Denji to just wail on his nuts. As much but as not he... not not just out of anger, yeah. But because he he killed Himeno, and in the words of Denji, that's one less hot woman in the world, and that's unacceptable. Well, and of course, I, your I, stupid ass, <laughs> your stupid ass. <laughs> um, but the the best part of this is not the fact that Denji gets to uh, bash uh, Katana Man's nuts in; it's that and this is true character growth. Aki mm-hmm. joins in, yeah, and it is um, it's beautiful. It's truly yeah. beautiful. Yeah, Aki joins in. They have a little talk. Naki's like, I don't think Himeno would really appreciate us getting revenge in this way. But then he thinks about it for a second and is like, thinks about it. Maybe remembers the cigarette that said "Easy Revenge" on it, and that's exactly what this is. This is Easy Revenge. Dude's tied up to train tracks in his underwear, and you've got your friend saying, "Let's kick him in the nuts until he see who can make him yell the loudest." And to me, I'm like, this is like horrible hazing in any other situation. Like this is awful um but you know after some deep contemplation (laughs) you know making sure he called it in first so folks are on the way looks at a cigarette and he's like yeah let's just kick this dude's ass and there's like no prize for it other than family jewels family jewels and they just beat the show this scene reminded me of office space yes I, I, I would not machine. be shocked if it was specifically a callback to Office Space. Yeah. 
Again, yeah. Fujimoto is a huge film that. But the one thing that I can't capture in screenshots is the best part of this whole bit. Yeah. Where he, he has the line where he's saying, can, can you hear us from up in heaven? Himeno, we're playing a requiem for you. <laughs> yeah. Because every time no, they kick him in the nuts, this dude's nuts. Yeah. there's a little ding of the bell. It's so perfect. I think it only would have been better if it had like one of those cheesy um, like uh, orchestral um, classical songs like playing in slow motion or something. Yeah, right. Or right. like a gangster rap, like an office space, but either yeah. way. Yeah, um, one or the other. <laughs> We're playing a requiem for you. And then we, we get... Uh, that episode went by so fast for me too. Oh, I, I know. Felt like once well, the, the, the credits start playing like five or six minutes before the end too. So that yeah makes it feel even shorter. But yeah, it's, I mean, because it's basically two fight scenes, a couple of flashbacks, and then that's it. Yeah. The, the nut kicking. And then nut kicking and then Makima debriefing. Um, they said who she directly responds to, which is who I assume this guy is, but I can't remember his name right now. Um, and you know, let us know that that okay. This this happened so fast that I wasn't really able to see it. So I'm kind of impressed that you got the screenshot of. I know Snake it worked Devil. out. It worked out really perfectly. I was like, oh, yeah. okay. Um, yeah, Himeno was escorting her. Um, they put giant cups on her hands so that she can't sacrifice. I assume it was so she couldn't sacrifice her fingernails or something yeah, to. Well, um, and she can't do like the little snake. Summon. Yeah. Yeah, summoning thing, but that doesn't stop the snake from being summoned anyway, presumably due to like a fine print part of the contract that said if she was captured, she would be killed in order to protect, you know, the gun devil's location. So this is like the best view I feel like we've gotten of the snake devil in the entire se uh, season, by the yeah. way. Like, yeah. so it's just a bunch of arms embracing itself, followed by a veiny looking head very foul with some teeth yep yeah i wasn't gonna say it but it's true but we, we got through this the second season of made in abyss uh we can yeah. everything is phallic at this point every every <laughs> anime monster is a, is a penis that's true so. that's true and then cobani cobani absolutely <laughs> More loses her shit again because some her prisoner just got decapitated right in yeah. front of her she's not allowed to have just a chill end to her work day no again. apparently not not ever but they were able to recover a whole bunch of gun, uh, gun devil flesh, which means that the the accumulated piece that they have is big enough now that it's should work like a uh, scrying stone kind of situation to get them to the main the main uh, gun devil. Makes me think we of don't the know end where end. it is. Makima just perfectly smiles like this in a way that is terrifying, meaning yep. she knows, but we don't. Yep. And then we got we got this little ending sequence of okay. like. Shopping in the 90s. Aki which smiling. there was more camaraderie in this like ending sequence than we've seen, I feel like, in the entire show, other than the couple of times that Denji and Power like actually work together to solve a problem. But yeah, that's what I liked this this part. It kind of that's built great. on the relationships a lot in a way that we don't usually get to see. Uh, we got to see Meowy. And we got an extended sequence of, of Aki smoking. Himino's cigarette, which may or may not have made me cry. You'll never know because you guys all weren't there. But well, and it's a great thing you just talked about how again a really good story knows how to do setups and payoffs. Like nothing mm -hmm. is wasted. And this is a perfect callback to that um that scene from episode four where we saw 
Aki's daily routine, which ended mm-hmm. with him stepping out under the porch to enjoy a cigarette. But yeah. in that early scene, it really emphasized how, you know, kind of isolated and mechanical and sort of uh, sparse his life was. Like his yeah. life was nothing but, you know, he has these little niceties, but, you know, you pointed out like he has no decoration in his house. Yeah. You know, he doesn't seem to do, he doesn't seem to have hobbies. He just, you know, eats and sleeps and waits for his next mission. And we mm-hmm. just saw maybe the first time ever that he's taken some time to just enjoy himself with his friends. And yeah. now that he's, you know, and now, and when he's sitting out and smoking the cigarette, he's, he's also kind of taking some time to, to remember and, and cherish Himeno. And it's, it's showing how he's, he's allowed these other people to become an important part of his life. And it's just really beautiful. Also, some people say that the best, maybe easiest revenge is living a fulfilling life. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you could yeah. also read it that way. Too. Absolutely. Yeah. And then we just kind of get we get some teasers for, you know, some stuff that would be further down the line in season two. We find out that uh, Denji has this dream about this door. This door has appeared in the opening sequence for the entire anime as well. Like you, mm-hmm. you see it um, either right before Denji cracks the egg or it zooms out of it from him cracking the egg and shows the door. Um, one thing that I thought was funny, this could be read two different ways. One, Denji can't read can't freaking read um it's an ongoing joke in the manga that like he'll say things and it'll be in katakana or hiragana while like another character says the exact same thing back but it'll be written in kanji for them because they could read Um, (laughs) so uh all the papers on this door are blank Mm -hmm. and you could either read that as well they're blank to denji because denji can't read or b um a popular um there's some truth to this but especially if you've ever had a, what what are those called? A dream where you can control what you're doing. A lucid dream. A lucid dream. But usually you can't read in your dreams. Yeah, it's, it's just like, gibberish. It's just gibberish. Um, I remember really distinctly having a, a dream like quite a while ago and getting really frustrated in it because, um, okay, come here, Felix. You want some raspberries? Um, having, getting really getting really frustrated because uh, I couldn't read a clock and figure out what time it was. And I was really yeah. tired when I was so. learning the, the tricks for like how to um, trigger lucid dreams. One of the yeah. tricks was to um, kind of create a pattern of, of reading things where like you'd write down like a little note or something and, like every on, on, on like a regular set schedule, you'd like take it out, read the note, um, which means that you'd build up that habit enough to in your dream, you would do that. And then once you see that the words are all jumbled up, you'd go, Oh, I'm dreaming. And then mm-hmm. you would be able to trigger that lucid response. It. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so either one of those might be why uh, in Denji's dream, all these papers pasted on the front door are, are blank. A voice speaks to him and tells him he can't open it. And he says he has this dream all the time, but he always forgets it. Mm-hmm. And that did like trigger something in my head where I'm like, oh, I remember that part now from the manga. But um, and then we just get this this little teaser of another character where uh we don't see her face but from her voice we can presume feminine and um james has part of it here because she says tell me denji but the other part of the quote is um do you prefer the city mouse or the country if you oh Oh, between the country mouse and the city mouse which would you rather be 
Yeah. And this is basically a teaser for the next next arc. Mm-hmm. So and a lot of people yeah. I've seen are they're kind of wondering are they gonna turn this next arc into a movie? Uh, oh, like don't what, do that. Made, don't do the movie did. thing. Like with the <laughs> demon slayers, don't do that. No. I mean they could. I, I, I will say I think with this next arc, which will go unnamed because that would kind of in and of itself be a spoiler for people. Yeah. That arc I think would would of the arcs make the most sense for a movie. Yeah. Um, as far as I think you could I think you could do that arc a fair amount of justice in like a couple hours. Yeah. Um, now, would it result in us having to wait like an extra year or whatever? <laughs> I don't Probably. know. Probably, um, yeah, yeah. So, with with the the wrapping up of Chainsaw Man, I'm gonna like jump into this little bit of a news story, but I consider it more of a talking point than really um, something to take super seriously. But there's a petition that's been put forward from uh, a Japanese fan where they want Studio Mappa to hire a new director for the continuation of Chainsaw Man because they think. Um, the current director, which is Ru Nakayama, is doesn't. This is essentially a you don't understand the source material type situation, and thus are not accurately portraying the mood and themes of the manga. And I'm mad about it. Please redo Chainsaw Man. Um, you know, it used to be. Can I just say it used yeah. to be that fan petitions. Um, first of all. Uh, fans used to actually have a little bit of uh, creativity in their petitions. They would actually like send items, you know, like cupcakes or potatoes or whatever thematically linked items to, you know, so maybe they'd send a bunch of toast um, uh-huh. yeah. to, to Mappa or whatever. Uh, but also fan petitions usually were more along the lines of, please save our show. Make more of it, please. Yeah, We want more because we love it. We like this thing. Yeah, uh, and I, I don't want to name any any particular kinds of fans, um, but there seems to be a pattern recently of these mm-hmm. fans that think, "Oh, I didn't like X, Y, and Z, and I obviously know better as someone that has um, never in my life uh, worked in the production of any kind of film or television or animation, uh, and I'm going to get thousands of other people that." have an equally ignorant knowledge of what goes into making this thing. And we're all going to demand that you do it different and better. Um, <laughs> exactly how I would like it, even though you have no idea. Yeah. yeah. At, yeah. Le- at least with the Snyder cut nonsense, which mm-hmm. I, I haven't seen the film. I've, I've heard from pretty much everyone. I know that it is in fact better than the Joss Whedon cut, which would not be hard um, <laughs> at the, at least in that case, it, there was knowledge that another cut of the movie existed. Okay. Yeah. You know, it, and so when, with that petition, it was not spend however X amount of money to completely invalidate the work of everyone that made it to make a new thing. It was, we would like to see the original version from the person that was supposed to put it together that already exists more or less and would not be that difficult to produce mm-hmm. in the grand scheme mm-hmm. of things. Yeah. Um, for the, Anyway, I, I'm interested to hear their their reasoning, but just the people that think that, oh yeah, just make it again, but the way we want, the people that think that that isn't like the most unreasonable thing to demand imaginable. Um, the thing the thing that gets me, <laughs> the thing that gets me about this that that I just okay, so like if you go read our ANN best of fall, um, not that the critics at ANN are necessarily the end all be all of good takes. Although, you know, some of them, some of us are, 
Some, some of them will tell you that they are. Okay. But um, you can have different opinions than us. It's, yes. it's okay. Of course. It's wrong, but it's okay. So <laughs> that's a joke. That's a joke. Yes. We All are. right. Let's make it clear that we don't actually believe that we are the arbiters of good taste, mm -hmm. uh, even though we do ourselves have uh, excellent taste. So Yes, sure. All right. So if you go read our, that, quite a few of us, myself included, did pick Chainsaw Man as the best show for fall. So it is really strange to me that someone would dislike, hate this adaptation so much that they think that the director should be fired and someone else put in their stead to better represent Fujimoto's manga. Now, I do think that there are some valid criticisms as far as, you know, if this captures the exact mood of what Fujimoto has in his manga. I also published an editorial. I didn't write it, but published an editorial that talked about some of those complaints in what I felt were uh, reasonably well-researched and a grounded way. So I, I, I get you there. You know, I, I do think the color palette, they could have went a little further out with the color palette. Mop has done that before. Again, Dora Hidoro has a, has a pretty wild color palette um, to some extent. Um, but the criticism here actually has a lot to do with disliking the cinematic, um, approach that this show has. And that's pretty much the reason why it was my favorite show this season. Yeah. It's because so, it's incredible. It's like com completely stunning on every single level. It does emotional narrative without, without a ton of exposition, just like dropped on your head constantly. Um, there's shots that we often don't see utilized in anime for what I assume is usually like budgetary time reasons, like just not having enough time, like you're adapting whatever, and you can do a whole lot of like mid shots with flapping heads, talking back and forth to each other. And maybe sometimes there's a little bit of action or whatever. Like that's what I'm used to in anime. Like it's yeah. not always even like, the good ones, even, even really the good, good series rely on those flat static shot reverse shot shot reverse shot shot reverse shot you know close up mid shot close up mid shot maybe an establishing shot you know every few minutes mm -hmm. but it, and, some, and some panning over stills you know some like bird's eye view of the setting so you get a general idea mm -hmm. of what the city or town or what whatever, whatever and, looks like and then you'll get some soccer go for like you know, maybe 30 seconds worth of battle animation. Yeah. Um, or, or like, a, a, or like, yeah. Or like a really pivotal emotional moment where someone has a breakdown and then they yeah. really like animate the face. You know, that's, we get but that. And then the camera work usually is not very creative because no, they're usually just using the manga as storyboards. Yes. Um, so a lot of time you also just see the manga used as a storyboard. Things are just like shot for shot the same. And it's, you know, in my opinion, that's boring. Like, yeah. what's the point of that? Then I could just read the manga. I'm not getting a whole, a whole lot out of like manga in color and sometimes things move, sort of situation. Um, the re so the reason I like Chainsaw Man is because it's not like desperately aping its source material. Um, the characters are still the same, like mm -hmm. personality wise, and um, you know the story beats are the same. But we get a lot of like beautiful moments or even like really grisly moments that complement or enhance 
the material from the manga. So I just like I can't jive with most of what this petition is claiming. Yeah. Um, I think it's bogus. I know um Super Eyepatch Wolf, a YouTuber that I really like, did a really mm-hmm. good um Chainsaw Man video recently. And he touched on a lot of these same um differences between Fujimoto's style and the style of the anime. And I, I think he also ultimately came down on the of that he's of the opinion that there is a kind of fundamental um flow to the artwork and a, a playfulness to Fujimoto's art that is not captured with the anime. And I think the example that he cited was um, the way that the cursed devil um, actually like came from outside the borders of the manga panel. Oh yeah. um, And like kind of reached into it to to sort of uh, amplify its otherworldliness. Whereas in the the anime, it it didn't really work that way. Yeah. Um, And there's some like fourth wall stuff sometimes goes on in in the manga. Yeah, but my but my thing and, and what I really ended up agreeing with um, with what takes similar to what um, Super Apache Wolf was going for is that yes, I think what Fujimoto is the best at is is, is his panel layout, his pacing, his um, the the way that he really takes advantage of the framing of mm-hmm. um, his panels in a way that that really does feel cinematic for what you can accomplish in a manga. Yeah. And, the 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 anime does lose some of that just because it is in an animated medium and there's certain decisions that it's made that kind of lose a little bit of that playfulness. But for me, and like what you were saying, it, it gains so much from all of the different tricks and tools that it uses that most anime simply can't for mm-hmm. reasons of budget or time. Um, and to me, that preserves so much more of what the original Chainsaw Man manga was going for. Um, because when you read the manga, you do see that, you know, it is doing things that most manga wouldn't do in a way that is much more um, reminiscent of film. Like the way it will mm-hmm. use um, panel beats to like emphasize things that would normally only be communicable with like really subtle facial movements in an actor or the way yeah. that it will use like um, sudden cuts um, to, to try to mimic a really dramatic pan or a really dramatic reveal that you just can't really do in a static medium easily. And I think the anime, like you said, is taking the manga as inspiration, but it is using its own tools to try to reach the same end result instead of simply making them the manga panels move a little bit. Yeah. And I yeah. think that's we just don't get to see that very much because yeah. it, it's so freaking expensive and hard to do. Yeah. And I think we should be grateful that we have such a, an interesting version of Chainsaw Man. And yeah, if you don't like it, well, you just read the manga. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Like yeah. the manga is yeah. still there. It's a new yeah. chapter every two weeks. So just read yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, we could have ended up with a Lucifer and the biscuit hammer situation guys. Right. We know, we know how bad this could be. If they just go, let's just color in the manga panels and maybe add some blur effects and look flat. Wave them back and forth really quickly. <laughs> like we know, uh, or what was that one? Um, the the uh, the Yakuza businessman. Yakuza what was it? The Netflix one where it literally. Oh, oh, uh, way of the house time. husband. House husband, yeah. Way of the house husband. They were like, we don't. Horribly wanna... disappointing. Still getting a third season. Don't know what's going on with that. Someone, yeah, thanks Netflix. <laughs> yeah, 
All right. We have to talk about Akiba Made War. Yes, we do. Because they, they condensed a lot of a lot of narrative into one episode and yet it's still extremely fulfilling. Um opening up with the first joke that I loved the most, which was just <laughs> This is not the first what seemingly professional style photo we see of Ronco in this episode. Apparently there was, you know, at some point, some kind of photo shoot where she got her baseball pictures taken. But there's another one you see later of her in the boxing outfit. So I don't know if she was selling those at the cafe for some of the extra money to her to her compatriot or her patrons or or what. But she's dead, dead. Dead, 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 dead. She's very dead. Yes, she she's very dead, not and it's getting fatally stabbed. Very sad. Yeah. And uh, Nagomi, you, you know, is... it's sad because they're in. They have their mourning pig ears on. <laughs> they have they whole got, morning. They commissioned mourning, mourning piggy ears. I feel like this has to happen often enough that every maid has a a mourning <laughs> version. Sad set you know yeah and i mean they're crying their eyes out people are talking shit further down in the funeral hall because they're mad that there's a a yakuza maid funeral going on at the same time and nagomi who gave her aviators which one of you guys gave nagomi aviators because it was genius and she should never take them off never i know that's perfect and i'm i'm sure that this is like a reference to a really famous like Yakuza movie where like one of the actors like wears this exact outfit, but minus the, the minus the the frills in the apron. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like it's just like a black suit or something like. Yeah. And with the yeah. big aviators, I, I can, I can picture it so clearly with like the seventies foam grain and everything. Yeah. But yeah, Nagomi has gone full dark mode. You know, she's, she's hell bent to avenge Ronko uh she's very clever now with her her puns and insults i i was so happy with her her vicious cow-based threats <laughs> i was like oh that's good i forgot yeah the cows you know usually have a, a big old nose, nose ring, ring ear tag an ear tag yeah um sorry but it's like with the sunglasses and her like squatted down with the revolver it's just like it's, it's so perfect. dumb it's perfect yeah it's just perfect maybe the best line of the episode coming up yeah there were so many puns this episode wait sorry i'm black okay i didn't understand what that meant i mean other than the fact that she's literally like a pig maid in black i am 90 i'm gonna look this up but i'm 99 percent sure that black pork is like a dish is it um yeah like a famous something you can order delicacy um yeah black pork curry (laughs) okay Um, yeah it's just there's there's a uh um, it is a very uh, famous cut of um, uh, pork meat. Very expensive. It looks oh, like, okay, or at least it's it's not common here in, in these parts. But um, okay, yeah, I like this bit too. Like she's like obnoxious and threatening the ramen guy, and he's like, "All right, I'll tell you everything about Ronko and Nagi." And Nagi used to be a wayward orphan. And Michio, who was, you know, their, their, uh, oh, what's the word I want, James? Their matron? Matron, yeah. Caregiver. That makes them sound like prostitutes, but, you know, like the, yeah. the head, the head maid. The, yeah. The big cook. Took her in, turned her into a maid. You know, Michio used to be tough as nails, killed people without a second thought. Ronko was the one who softened her up. 
uh, Nagi was, or Uzuko, she was called at the time then, you know, was not into it. She believes in the violent ways. And then <laughs> the ramen guy is like, unless you're going to order some ramen, like you need to go. And she's like, sorry for the trouble. And he's just like, so you're not, you're not ordering. You're not going to eat? You're not going <laughs> to eat? And she just leaves. And that's it. Um, this is some foreshadowing. Uh, yeah. We've got Panda getting um, making bamboo some bamboo spears. spears, which, you know, I mean, it gets used later, but at first I was like, is Panda making a pit? Because that's where I've mostly heard, like, you put bamboo spheres at the bottom of a pit, cover yeah. it, and then let people fall down it. Um, over there, ominously sharpening its bamboo stock. Um, Nagomi's busting into the cash register. No go Nagomi shoots open the cash register. She's like, now that she's got a gun, it's her tool for absolutely everything. Um, important to point out that Nagi, though, um is mad is mad that ronco's dead does not know how to handle her feelings about being mad that ronco's dead so decides to instead channel that into once again killing everyone at oinky doink which the rest of her maid peers are kind of like and she lost it she can't decide whether they're good or bad or good again you know we've got like stuff we're trying to do we need to like <laughs> cooperate with the cops so we don't get arrested if we're gonna go kill all these people she's rushing everything she's killing people who dare to like speak out yeah so <laughs> the slap fight was good yeah, uh so Nagomi, yeah Nagomi's like in full-on well we got to prepare for war so i'm just taking all the money out of the register there's a slap and then <laughs> and then a slap and um utter day pig face Everyone's just mad. There's just a lot of like a lot of beatings. A lot of beatings, you know, in ahead of this upcoming altercation. She goes through Ronco's stuff and Ronco's kept like the trinkets. dirt from their baseball game, which is the, just Yeah, dirt from their baseball game. A horrible picture of Nagomi from when she won climbing up the giant maid, which kind of sends her over the edge. But yeah, these uh, these here are like three maids who work under Nagi, who are kind of like, yo, this is not, this is not working out. Yeah, um, might be time it. for Nagi to retire because she's lost it. Um, and the plan they settle on is getting is waiting for them to show up at Oinky Doink, and then just putting on the best Moe Moe Kun show ever, yeah, and maybe with the power will, of maid, and that will turn their hearts to realize that they don't need to be violent to be maids. Well, honestly, it's, uh, and it's, they, the way that I was reading it too, is that I don't even think they necessarily thought they were going to change anyone's minds. Yeah. I think like if we're going to die, them, it'll be like this. Yeah. yeah. They were fully, they, they were fully expecting to get shot to death, but they're yeah. like, in, instead of playing into this, this cycle of violence, we're going to live up to what we believe maids should be even if it means we all get shot in the face. Yeah. Um, are your masters feeling the moe? Um, <laughs> this is the, the like pep talk she has to convince everyone that like, we're not doing this right. Actually, we should, you know, this is what being a maid is supposed to be. It's supposed to be, you know, being a good maid for your master. Are your masters feeling the moe? And we're going to see Nagomi's uh, patrons. Yeah, her commitment to Moe, but also at the end of this episode, we see her regulars again. Mm -hmm. um, 
So yeah, Nagi's like, we stick to the plan. I can't, I'm she sorry. Can, she can she shoots a bear. She says, uh, "Whittle Teddy here thinks that you shouldn't." <laughs> <laughs> then she gets gut shot. <laughs> bear. Yeah. Um. Guys, this show is perfect. Um, this show if, is perfect. If somehow you've been you've been watching and or listening to this stream for the past twelve weeks and you haven't taken it upon yourself to watch Akiba Maid War. Um, you need to fix that now because the show is genius. Even if we get this really disgusting moment where uh, Nagomi... Them all eating the vomit ramen? Like yeah, they're all it's like her eating... snot and tears are in there. And it's like, and she, like she like ate her whole bowl and then it's like, I'm going to eat Ronko's share too. You can tell she broke her chopsticks really poorly as well. I don't yeah. know why they added that detail, but she did. And yeah, she's just like barfing the ramen and then everyone's like, let me have some of your barf ramen. No, let me have some of your barf ramen. <laughs> And then the ramen guy gets shot because that was the coldest murder in this entire series, and I was upset about it. I was like, I "She shot the ramen guy? Like, yeah. really? He did nothing wrong. He's just been serving ramen and giving exposition, and sometimes guns and bullets. You know? Yeah, well, you know, yeah. But you can't do that. But yeah, I can't believe. Yeah, like everyone yeah. in the show, his guts are apparently just water balloons filled with blood. <laughs> and I mean, she knows him. Like he's been working that ramen joint since Michio was alive. So like that just felt cold. That just felt cold. Yeah. And thus begins one of the weirdest ending ever, where everyone's just they, the the doink girls all put their moe moe a game on. Yeah, they do. Are you nervous? Because we're like crazy cute. Um, <laughs> Panda. <laughs> Panda's like, what are we doing? Like, misery. I like how we kind of just go back to Panda being treated like a panda, though. Like, we know there's a girl in there. She had a whole backstory, but now it's just, you know. Yeah, panda's a real panda. I mean, Panda's, panda's, a... Said it, like, panda's a panda. Panda's That's a panda. That's what she wants to be. Yeah. And I do love that. Like, there are lots of cute mates here. There are four. There are four. Yeah, there are in total four. <laughs> Uh, I don't know what Eberico pork is. I assume that's another like, I think black pork. I think that is the, um, and I think uh, uh, Steve might have, um, oh no, that's Berkshire pork. Mm -hmm. um, that's another cut of, that's like a, it's like a famous kind of pork. I just thought it was funny that I never realized that a part of like the oinky doink in restaurant lore is that mm -hmm. these are little piglets that are going to be slaughtered and turned into meat. But in order to like what? be the, yeah, because they're saying, um, I think the line before that, I don't know if it can. It's so like, we can so become we, the finest Iroko pork to feed the humans. I, Us piglets have been waiting to serve. So like. So they're the little act. like, their little thing is that they're piggies on a farm that are going to be sent to slaughter. But before they get turned into little cutlets, they're going to serve you up some amu rice or something. It's That's so messed up. It's so weird. It's so it weird. So weird. And then yeah, I like oh, I love um Zoya's face in this screenshot. Jackass, yes. there's no rabbits or donkeys here, which is just, you know, jack rabbits. This truly deranged commitment to the bit from these yes. women. It's perfect. Yeah. I, I don't uh, I can't I don't know how I feel about oinkters. I know I, that's why I got this one where <laughs> sometimes you can go too far with the pun. And I, I think they have. Although uh Chio here is showing some real chutzpah. Yeah, touching Nagi's face and she's like, Don't kill her, I'll kill her later. Um Thanks. thanks oh my cute and everyone's <laughs> mad about like the drinks actually taste good and they turn the lights off and everyone freaks out. 
they just like freak out because they think oh now they're gonna you know they're just gonna start spraying us. bullets um and then but nagomi does this dance sequence that ronko probably taught her because ronko oversaw a lot of her training and that immediately reminds nagi of Back her she teaching used to care about being a maid and her teaching ronko the dance moves and that whole thing like breaks her on the inside and so she just shoots nagomi like it like triggers a a memory that she again she just can't deal with the fact that ronko's dead like she's not handling her grief like this all feels like a weird outpouring of her grief that she's not yeah that she's not dealing with so she's just going to kill a bunch of people and she shoots nagomi and nagomi continues to dance even though she's got i don't know a, a she got shot in the gut, I think. And, the sh- and, and for those of you that have never been shot in the stomach. Um, no, I think is all of us, but yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, um, from what I have heard, uh, that is one of the most painful ways to be injured slash killed imaginable. Because it's slow. Um, you can feel it. And mm-hmm. it basically turns your entire body into burning fire. Right. Um, it's why like, uh, you know, it's, it's why the, you hear all these stories from like back in, in world war one, where like, you know, someone gets shot in the gut and they're just lying there. And like the one thing that their comrades can do is just take, you know, shoot them in the head and let them die quick because um, it's like the, the fact that she's doing a it dance routine. Days. Yeah. I've heard yes. it takes days. <laughs> it's, it is agonizing. And so yeah. the fact that she's doing a complicated uh, J-pop routine yeah. is just proof of her superhuman prowess. She's gotta be running on like pure adrenaline no, and... she's running on pure moe moe kun. Okay? She's... <laughs> and they all get they all get in on it, and she poses at the end. And the uh, the maids who give her even the most like basic clap to acknowledge her effort are also shot, shot. by Nagi. Everyone's crying here. She shoots the lion who like survived a kidnapping for this. Yeah, she did. I know. She survived a kidnapping because she was like her. She was Nagi's number one maid. Just shoots her through, and everyone's still pretending that nothing's going on. Nagi recalls the feeling of having a home, which she no longer has. Which again, just not something she's going to um, deal with. So, before she kills all of them, <laughs> I, I, I I did laugh. When she's yeah. just like, you're a shitty maid. <laughs> even go Come on. Come on, man. Yeah. So that's like Nagi's intending to kill her because like she makes this face because again, she's just not she's not processing. Well, she shoots Nagomi like five times. Yeah. Well, we don't see those bullets make contact. They might have been wildly. I mean, it was kind of straight ahead, but um basically the the murmurings that were going on before this i think if anything maybe the maybe the dance touched the axolotl maid who's the one who killed ronco no, she, or hey, something she's not an axolotl okay she is a space rabbit she's a space rabbit <laughs> she will and she love, will not moonbeam was her home okay <laughs> she refuses to be anything but the space rabbit from Wuff Wuff Moonbeam. Um, she will kill to defend that title. 
Yeah, I don't know if she decided to kill Nagi because she, the Moe Moe Kuhn worked on her. I don't know if she kills Nagi because she equally blames Nagi for the death of Wobo Moonbeam because she forcefully, you know, kind of, she forced the hand with the creature alien groups to some degree. Um, Maybe she just has a taste for killing. (laughs) Maybe she just likes murder. I don't know. But... But if that didn't do it, uh, Panda follows up with a bamboo spear to the chest. And everyone's just like... And that's the end. And that's the end of the show. So these guys here are in the Gomis, uh, you know, red shirts. Well, the red shirt guy is the one who died. The red but... shirt died, but the other two, they're they're back. Yeah, the other two, you know, they're back. Um, we fa- flash for... Is it like 10 years? I think it's now. Ish? I think it's like... It's, it's a 2018. So practically now. Yeah. 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 And oh, I didn't get a close look at this before, but yeah, yeah Ronco's in uh this is oh, that's her wheel uh wheelchair wheels. Yeah. Okay. At first I thought we were looking top down at um a table because I've been to restaurants that have those tables and there's a bunch of photos and there's yeah. just like a plexiglass sort of thing on top of it. But um you also can see the uh is it was it Nerula is is on there too. Mm-hmm. She's so. got the different little pig name tags which makes me wonder like did all the other maids move on like are they still oh yeah there? are they here uh, we don't really know i mean possibly it looks like she may have become i don't know if she became sisters with them because you can also see in her wheelchair she's got um uh the gals name tag yeah yeah so maybe that's tag maybe that's it because yeah because with narrow maybe the they're all like lifelong sisters maybe that's it. yeah yeah it could just it could just be that but nagomi's 36 now still super cute and working i would as say maid, even cuter even cuter doing nice her dance routines in a wheelchair for, for people in wheelchairs you don't get a lot of that anime yeah you know it doesn't treat it like she's miserable or you know, like yeah. her life is over. Like she can still do everything that she wants to do in her in her wheelchair. Yep. So. And they renamed the cafe uh, the new Oinky Doink. Sure. Tong, tong, I can never get that. Tong, 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 tong. Yeah. Yeah. That. And, and that's then the um, the, that's the end of the It's show. also worth it's also worth mentioning that um, she Nagumi gets to sing the end credits theme. Yes, um, and she's not and nearly as good at it. No, <laughs> no. but she tr- she tries. She tries to do her best Enka, but it's she doesn't just, have the base for it. But that's okay. No, no, she doesn't. So, yeah, that's uh So that's the end of our two shows for the fall season, guys. Um, two I hope you enjoyed them. Two perfect finales, more or less. Two perfect finales. Yep, both ended. Um, hoping that maybe. I don't know. Do you think they could do more with Akiba Maypore? No, I don't think so. No. I think that would. I think it would. I mean. I, if you maybe did like a reverse thing where it's like one of um, Uzuko's like uh, proteges that like wants to bring back the mafia mm-hmm. war, but I, I feel like so much of the show is about the, the joke being because even at the end they're like, well, there used to be like crazy gunfights in Akihabara, really? Like, yeah, that's, yeah, that sounds made up. Um, yeah, yeah. I, Maybe you could do like a prequel, like maybe like an OVA or something. But yeah, um, I don't do know. like I something like from the seventies or the eighties yeah, or something yeah. with Michio and them or something like that. But I would love to see like a live action, like film oh, it like yeah. a seventies style, like mob drama with like all the the film grain and the snap zooms and the yeah. 
that it's funny you fun. bring that up because they are going to do a stage play from the original. So in Japan, there will be a stage play adaptation of Akiba Made War that you can watch there, which I don't know. That probably be fun. Yeah. That feels like a, this also feels like an anime where you could do a stage play and it wouldn't be like, because I've seen a lot of like the cast photos from anime stage plays and you can't really get the wigs right. And there's no, only so gonna much. It's going to be in, in little maid outfits. That'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of uh, like supernatural elements that you have to try and accommodate. Like, they should do like a pop up oinky doink. That's what I would want. That would, would be to great. The oinky doink cafe. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, and hey, maybe after tomorrow we'll have a better idea of what we want to cover for the winter season. If you guys have any picks, you know, make sure to leave them in the comments or um, on the forum at Anime News Network when the audio version of this goes up. Because, I mean, there's Trigun Stampede. Am I the only one who doesn't really care about Trigun Stampede? I I think I'm excited to see it simply because we don't have those kinds of space western mid-90s yeah. style anime anymore, really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I just think it'll be cool to have one of those that isn't, it's not an isekai, it's not a fantasy, it's not a, you know, it's not a rom-com like yeah that's just not a genre we see a lot of these days um i don't and it's also studio orange and so anything they make i'm down for yeah yeah as i mean i'll definitely check goes, it out i just don't have like a lot of like oomph about i have it. no nostalgia for the series i yeah I, I barely watched it back when it was airing but um yeah. you know i i'm down to just it just it feels different from a lot of the shows you've been getting so that you know i don't yeah. know if it's gonna light the world on fire but yeah maybe. We could cover Vinland Saga. That would just mean I have to catch up on Vinland Saga. Oh, but that that's worth it. Yeah. I'm just, yeah. I, well, I'm curious because I, I have not caught up on the manga, but I know that um people have, have nicknamed this arc of the manga Farmland Saga uh-huh. because it is um very different from what came before. And I'm yeah. wondering how people will react just based on what I've heard. I haven't read it for myself, but I've uh, people that have read it have told me that it, it goes for a very different tone, very different pace, and it it could potentially maybe turn off viewers that are hoping for more like Viking slaughter and stuff. Oh, interesting. Because I I thought I had also heard that this was supposed to be like the really good arc. Yeah. Well, are you right? And that's it's like you know that's I think that that's what's going to be interesting is is you know much like with Chainsaw Man, are people you know, are people going to be down for a potentially different tone than what they were expecting or maybe a, a more character-focused tone, even mm. if it's really, really good. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll just have to, we'll just have to see. I want to yeah. thank everyone who stuck around for this uh, season, quote-unquote, of the after show. Um, going to miss Chainsaw Man, but we'll be on to something new here soon. We'll see you guys tomorrow most likely hopefully mm-hmm. you know you guys show you guys show up we're gonna watch all those trailers remember it starts at 5 p.m pacific 8 p.m eastern uh, right here and thank you guys all again for showing up and we'll see you next time see you tomorrow more and more cute more and more cute thank you for listening to believe You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? 
That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.